You know, in the wacky world of wrestling, sometimes things just, um, oh, they're not what they appear, and the card is expected to change. Um, After Dan and I recorded this episode, we... (laughs) The first thing that happened was we were like, oh my gosh, it was so good. And just really taken aback by how, you know, just as friends... Like how good our chemistry is and how proud we are to bring this to you guys. And um, the next thing that happens is we start seeing the news about the Saudi Arabia sale. And that was actually immediate. Um, This episode was supposed to get out last night. But we couldn't until the news either broke or was, you know confirmed or but a current recording of this um the sale is not going through which i think is pretty insane i mean we got worked into a fervor uh and now it won't happen so knock on wood this podcast is not outdated but Beyond that, please enjoy the podcast. And as always, go to Pro Wrestling World for all your wrestling news, rumors, and discussion. John, Dan, take it away. Well, me and Dan, take it away. As it typically does for us. Yeah. All right. So. PWW Universe. That's right, brother. We're talking nothing but WWE. And what the heck just went on? This week has been crazy. Possibly something I can't even fathom. And this is the carny world of wrestling in World Wrestling Entertainment, WWE Inc. But uh, the universe itself, is, is it shifted. It's Thanos snapped because, well, we're going to get into it. But Vinnie Mac is back. And Stephanie Mack just stepped back. I don't know what to even think, but Dan, how the hell are you? We got a lot to talk about. Oh, um, I'm good. Uh, other than having to invest in Tums and Maylocks at this moment. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, things are they're, they're hanging in there, right? I mean, he's not touching creative, right? That That's what we're led to believe, right? Right, right. Yeah. Right. Right. Because Papa H is still the head of creative. For now. But Nick Khan now is the CEO. The only and one. The only one. And the rumor is he's got a deal on the back end now when uh, the whole thing goes up in flames and they sell the company because that's the rumor. Is that Nick Khan gets out like a, uh, he gets out, you know, that, and he's going to make hand over fist money and his kids were left for dead. More or less liquidation. More or less he's come in to be a liquidator and to say, hey, get me the highest price. Um, you know, it's not, this isn't a liquidation sale. It's just a company now that's, you know, I, I think Stephanie and Shane have had their fill. I think Triple H is a lifer. But again, you have to wonder what other parameters are going to be 
um, when there is a sale, is Triple H going to be involved? I'm sure Vince is going to want to be involved. And they're going to be like, we're giving you this money to go away. So go away. And, and probably because we got to cover. Let's just let's 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 start at the beginning here, because about five days ago. Out of literally nowhere, it was announced Vince McMahon is back as the executive chairman in WWE by enacting this this voting power literally power move uh where because he's the top shareholder he can force himself on the board at any time and it's something that most thought that he wouldn't do just because of well the reason he was fired in the first place um oh i shouldn't say fired but the the reason he resigned in the first place retired you know, Re- yes, officially retired. Yeah. Um, was pretty murky at best and not very dignified for a lot of reasons. And so most said they were like, okay, he's he's gonna go quietly. <laughs> but if there's anything the genetic jackhammer is not, it's quiet. And released um January 5th. This is the uh press release from Greenwich, Connecticut. Vince McMahon, the founder and controlling shareholder of World Wrestling Entertainment, Inc., WWE, in quotes, or the company, announced today that he has taken the necessary actions to position the company to capitalize on a unique opportunity to maximize long-term value for all WWE shareholders. The actions communicated to WWE's board of directors today via written consent include the election to the board of Mr. McMahon, as well as Michelle Wilson and George Berrios, former WWE co-presidents and board members, and currently co-founders and co-CEOs of ISOS Capital Management Mm -hmm. and the requisite removal from the board of three directors. Mr. McMahon expects to assume the role of executive chairman of the board. Mr. McMahon's new role will will enable unified decision-making through the company's upcoming media rights negotiations, in a parallel full review of the company's strategic alternatives, which Mr. McMahon believes is a right course of action, and it is in the best interest of WWE and WWE shareholders amidst the current dynamics in the media and entertainment industry. As Mr. McMahon has communicated to the board, he believes there is a narrow window of opportunity to create significant value for all shareholders, and that to do so, the strategic alternatives review must occur in tandem with the media rights negotiations. He also expressed to the board that he believes that these two initiatives require Mr. McMahon's direct participation, leadership, and support as controlling shareholder. WWE, and this is a quote, is entering critical juncture in its history with the upcoming media rights negotiations, coinciding with increased industry-wide demand for quality content in live events. And with more companies seeking to own the intellectual property on their platform, said Mr. McMahon, the only way for WWE to fully capitalize on this opportunity is for me to return as executive chairman and support the management team in the negotiations for our media rights and to combine that with a review of strategic alternatives. My return will allow WWE, as well as any transaction counterparties, to engage in these processes 
knowing that they will have the full support of the controlling shareholder. Prior to delivering written consent, Mr. McMahon sent two separate letters to the board in late December in which he expressed the urgency of his return to the company as executive chairman and his desire to work collaboratively with the board and management team. Following conversations with representatives of the company, both before and after Mr. McMahon's most recent letter on December 31st, Mr. McMahon determined, consistent with his rights as controlling shareholder, that the steps announced today are necessary to maximize value for all WWE shareholders. Mr. McMahon said, Ms. Wilson and Ms. Berrios are highly qualified directors whose professional experience positions them well to help the company achieve the best possible outcomes in both initiatives. As former WWE co-presidents and board members, they are intimately familiar with industry dynamics and the industry's operations or the organization's operations and have helped guide the company through past successful media right negotiations. I look forward to working closely again with Michelle and George, as well as the company's remaining directors and management team who have my full support and confidence. WWE has an exceptional management team in place and I do not intend for my return to have any impact on their roles, duties, or responsibilities. In conjunction with the changes to WWE's board, Mr. McMahon's written consent also includes certain amendments to the company's bylaws to ensure that WWE's corporate governance continues to properly enable and support shareholder rights. These changes will be detailed in a Schedule 13D amendment to be filed by Mr. McMahon and a Form 8K to be filed by the company in the coming days. No assurances can be given regarding the outcome of timing of the review process. Mr. McMahon does not intend to comment further until the process has concluded, or Mr. McMahon has otherwise determined that further dis uh, disclosure is appropriate or required. Dan, what the heck just happened? So, um, fact is, is that over Christmas dinner, Vince McMahon probably hatched his plan with his daughter, who maybe objected, and uh, there may have been some objections at the table. If they spent Christmas together, I don't know. Um, the fact of the matter is, is that Vince McMahon, uh, as much as he says the WWE universe is the, the WWE universes, it's not. It's always been under Vincent Kennedy McMahon. It's always been that way. January 5th, when this statement got released, he still was not chairman of the board at that point. That was still, that was him lobbying him to be in that position. And then they announced it January at 6th. I think I had texted you uh, that day. I said, this is the worst possible thing to happen on January 6th. The Vinsurrection, if you will. It pretty much was. And he's good friends with Donald Trump. So I bet you texted Trump or called him and said, now that's how you do an insurrection, pal. Um, <laughs> that's how you create a coup. Um, <laughs> That'll put the, butts in seats. Yeah. Um, uh, this is, it's, it's troubling. Uh, it was troubling when it, when I first read this, 
it was troubling when it got announced. Uh, even when he was kicking the tires about coming back, it was still troubling because there was always that concern that he had controlling voter. He had controlling rights because he owned the stock. But if you're Stephanie and Triple H, this is something that you feared, right? This is like the worst case scenario. This is, you... I mean, unless Stephanie probably just knew in the back of her mind that this was going to happen either way. Because Stephanie, to be honest, was supposed to be leaving um, last summer. Uh, was supposed to be taking a leave of absence, absence and resignation, which then started a lot of conspiracy theories because right after that, the information started coming out about Vince. Um, we're not going to discuss it here. We're not going to go into the details of it. Um, I think it's public record. Go on the Wall Street Journal. They wrote about it. They talked about it. They went in depth about it. And they're better journalists than us. So. And they're better journalists than us. And plus, at the same time, I'm not going to logistically talk about what went on, what went on um, just because of the fact that we're a wrestling podcast. And this is more of a serious situation that we're going to talk about. Like, we're not, you know, like, it's just not something that we're looking to cover. It's not something I'm comfortable covering. But you can put two and two together, folks. I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you know exactly why. Vince McMahon is no longer was out of the WWE for about a period of six months, but you always knew in the back of your mind, I think every fan that has enjoyed the industry in the last six months, that probably in the last six months has grown a new appreciation for WWE and their product. Now their worst fears have come to pass because now he's one step closer to coming back in Yes, he says he is not running things. He does not plan on taking over creative. He is only the chairman of the board. But for how but long? That's the question. That's the question. That that one bad night, one, you know, even with if you watch Monday Night Raw this week, there were people texting me. They were just like, You sure Vince isn't running things still? There were certain moments that they were just like. There's always been that question. There's always been that conspiracy theory. Did Vince McMahon ever really leave? Honestly, well, that my was opinion, always the talk, right? Yeah, that was always. Everybody always said, even the workers to the fans on down, they said he's still pulling strings. You know, and I mean, I thought it was suspicious when Kevin Dungan get get fired. That would have been my first firing. I would have said, Kevin Dunn, pack up your shit and leave. Excuse me. But then Cornette may have came back. Yeah, I was like, you probably would have got Cornette back. Everybody that Kevin Dunn had run off, you wouldn't have been able to finally get back because they would have been like, oh, great. I don't have to deal with them anymore. <laughs> but they kept him. So that kind of was like a red flag to me where I was just like, oh, boy. I wonder if this is only temporary. Well, and it's like, so if they do that, right? If they fire Kevin Dunn, Mm -hmm. Does AEW then get Michael Mansuri? Probably not. No, um, but I mean, if I'm anybody, right? I would love to be Tony Khan right now. Um, yes and no. The problem is, is that you now have to worry about Warner Brothers and Discovery entering a bid which could have a negative impact on your income and television status. 
Do I think Warner Brothers and Discovery are going to be in the hunt? In the end, no. I think there's only two places, really, realistically, they're going to buy this place. And I think it's going to be Comcast or Walt Disney. And (laughs) perish the thought that in two years from now, we'll be going to Disney World in Orlando. And we will have Goofy dressed up as The Undertaker and Mickey Mouse dressed up as John Cena. But would that be the real WWE universe? I mean, I mean, they always thought they would get a theme park. They'd actually get one now, you know, like. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. And not even just a theme park, the theme park for the, the wrestling theme company. Park. Of course, it would also just be completely uh, like. Would they put them in Hollywood Studios? So now all of a sudden it's like right next to right next to uh Star Wars Park, it's WWE Land. <laughs> I mean, I talked to some friends about it last week and we went all over the negatives and the positives of Disney bought WWE. There obviously is quite a bit of negatives, and you know, it's another big conglomerate corporation that has no idea what professional wrestling is and probably, or in WWE's case, sports entertainment product. So they would obviously need to bring in people that knew how to run it. Mind you, they've done that with Lucasfilm and with Marvel where they kind of, they have their imprints on it, but they still let creatively. I mean, people were just like, well, they're always going to be a PG product. Then it's like, well, no, because they did just green light a third Deadpool movie. That's going to be rated R. And I think that that may lead to some credence of where the product, it still might have an edge to it, but yeah, I mean, it is still PG product. It didn't go back to the way it was triple H. It didn't go to TV 14 automatically. Um, You know, and then I, we started looking at the things of why it would make sense for Disney to buy WWE. They could put SmackDown on Friday nights on ABC and not only could they do that they could also move Monday Night Raw which would be one of their longest reigning competitors to the NFL considering they own ESPN so they would eliminate the NFL so they would probably be able to eliminate that um, competition and they would go the other way Uh but then you have to factor in the UFC effect where the way that they have ESPN plus, if they move the network to ESPN plus, does that mean you have to pay more of a premium price for live pay-per-views? Is it included in the, the you know, like there's all these questions. Or would they make even more premium pay-per-views mm. on ESPN plus? Maybe WrestleMania goes there only in SummerSlam or something. That would suck. Because I've enjoyed the $10 and $5 tier prices the last 10 years or so. And I honestly think if they went that route, that they would probably keep it free anyways, just because of the fact that like they really wouldn't sell pay-per-views. I don't know what their numbers are now for UFC, you know? And I think, uh, because UFC isn't what it was 15 years ago. Which is crazy. You know, 15 years ago, it was one of the hottest things on the planet. The last five, six years or so, they've kind of been like, eh, they're around. 
but they don't have it's the same thing that i think wwe has had where it's just like they have a lack of star power lack of star talent because you have connor who's been in and out of the company um you know john jones who's been john jones uh so and you know ronda rousey left and also a friend of mine we were talking about one time about ufc he's just like with wrestling you're able to sustain a world champion for a long time because you book it ufc it's different because again it's not scripted it is an athletic contest so there are times where you can't have a long championship reign because guy literally can get blown out in his first match and never get the title back. And the same thing, like it, it's, it's hard to keep um, a direction or people that, you know, are really interested when it's, you don't have a long sustaining champion and star on top. And uh, WWE has that, which, but again, it's not a real, promotion it's not boxing it's not ufc it is sports entertainment it's wwe and you can have a sustaining champion for as long as you want because you book it um but wwe other than roman reigns and a few others there's still that issue of star power other companies are kind of dealing with that as well aew new japan others um you know i mean new japan last week did 40,000 more uh, subscriptions for New Japan World because of uh, Sasha Banks slash Mercedes Monet uh, debut. And so the business of wrestling has been good the last couple of years, especially with AEW2, where people are like, well, their numbers are down, right? Their numbers are down. Their attendance numbers are down. They've had a lot of injuries. They have had um, a lot of inconsistencies and a lot of backstage turmoil that's hurt them. They did have a bad, uh, I wouldn't say bad 2022, but they had a challenging 2022. And especially when Vince left, because all the momentum was on WWE's side, and they have been on a good wave of faith for the last six months or so. Now entering one of the most critical periods in this company's overall history where you talk about where Vince talked about with the TV rights, you were doing that on a creative front as well, because this is triple H's first WrestleMania season that he is booking unless in the next week or two that changes, um, which before the Royal rumble is not exactly what you want. Triple H probably has in mind what his WrestleMania card looks like. He has it on paper in his head. And the cards priority booked. But now, if things fall where they might go, and I'm not saying that Triple H is going to lose power tomorrow. He might not. Triple H might never lose power. But what if everything that's planned out for WrestleMania, everything that has been put down on paper, everything, all the promotional, everything that's been going on, now gets thrown into a state of flux because you have a guy in Vince McMahon who would come in and does what he does on Monday night television and SmackDown television and every other show that he's worked on sometimes with television. He walks in and tears the script up 
pretty much after lunch break or a couple of hours before showtime. Rewrite it. Can that happen? Of course it's possible that could happen. But we all kind of have to hope for the best. Problem is, is that I'm always someone that when it comes to the industry is pessimistic. I'm always somebody that doesn't think optimistically. Sometimes I always think the worst and automatically when I hear Vince McMahon's name, even involved in WWE, I automatically get the assumption that it's only a matter of time before he comes in and takes over. This isn't what he built. He is there. There is not enough good words I can say about Vince McMahon because there are a lot of them. He has done tremendous for the wrestling industry. He's one of the very reasons I am talking on this program right now to you. He is one of the reasons that I am able to, for the last 32 years, have been able to embrace my love and passion for professional wrestling. All of that has to do with Vince McMahon and what he has done since the early eighties and buying the company from his father, taking it national when he was not supposed to take it national. It's funny. Um, a comment that I had made to friends of mine earlier, I had said, I said, it's, I feel like he's treating his kids worse than he did promoters like Vern Gagne and Jim Crockett from the eighties. Um, but again, I don't know if they want to be in the business, if they want the business. I don't know if they want to be involved with it. I don't know. So it's like for me to sit there and say that Stephanie is leaving because she was forced out. I can't say that. I can't say that uh, Shane McMahon was forced out even though last year he should have been fired because the Royal Rumble was a complete disaster. Um, that was a fireable offense. I don't care if it's your kid. It's a fireable offense. I would have fired my kid for the way that was booked. Um, and it's tough. It's tough right now because I feel like we're in a state of limbo because it's like everything we were excited about for the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania now, it's like, I'm just waiting for that rug to get pulled out from under us of just like, well, it's going to be Austin Theory and Roman Reigns at WrestleMania for the world championship. Oh, Christ. I well, mean, let's talk about that because you mentioned Stephanie, right? Yeah. And that was the big news tonight. That was that was the light bulb moment where I said, okay, Dan and I need to do this right now. We need to start recording because this, this is huge. Released at 5.36 p.m. on January 10th, uh, about two hours before recording this. Stephanie goes and releases a statement on Twitter that just says, Dear WWE Universe, about eight months ago, I took a leave of absence and within a few weeks, unexpectedly had the opportunity of a lifetime. I had the privilege to return as the co-CEO and chairwoman of the board of WWE. 
I cannot put into words how proud I am to have led what I consider to be the greatest company in the world, working alongside a remarkable leadership team and one of the strongest executives I have known in my co-CEO, Nick Kahn. Our founder, Vince McMahon, has returned as executive chair and is leading in the exiting process regarding strategic alternatives. And with Nick's leadership and Paul Triple H Levesque as uh, chief content officer, I am confident WWE is in the perfect place to continue to provide unparalleled creative content and drive maximum value for shareholders. WWE is in a strong position, excuse me, is in such a strong position that I have decided to return to my leave and take it one step further with my official resignation. I look forward to cheering on WWE from the other side of the business where I started when I was a little kid as a peer fan. I will always remain dedicated to WWE. I truly love our community, our employees, our superstars, and our fans. And I am grateful to all of our partners. Thank you for everything. Then, now, forever, together. Steph. Dan. When you have a 2023 bingo card, are the first two things that you cross off Vince McTurning and Stephanie going away? Well, to be fair, she... <clears throat> Excuse me. To be fair, she was leaving last summer. And then she had to get called back because of indiscretions. But um, it's the timing of it that I'm concerned of. Literally four days after the old man returns so like it's like uh she just thought about it over the weekend she's just like no i'm done <laughs> like <sighs> she has more money than she can spend in her lifetime she doesn't need it you know she's been she probably wants to be a mom her kids i'm assuming are probably entering that time of age where it's like they kind of need to be home more and um you know it, it's so maybe and considering the fact that triple h is going to be on the road constantly for now again for now um who knows i i i'm we're only kind of spitballing and theorizing here vince mcmahon could be for the first time in his life and his life pretty much telling us the truth and saying, I am not doing anything with creative, but the problem is, is we know how this guy works. We know how he operates and he could tell us till he's blue in the face. He's not going to touch anything creative wise, but we know better. We know better. We know how this ends. We know how this goes. And I'm just sitting here pessimistically smoking the stogie because my stress level's up because I'm thinking about everything that we have been building the last few months and it's just like, I don't want it to disappear like Thanos because 
uh, Vince McMahon wants to just burn the whole industry down on his way out the door. Uh, you know, this is this is why there needs to be an alternative in the states. This is why AEW want, needs to exist. Um, I have been very critical of AEW in my lifetime since the company in the company's lifetime. And I have reached that point now of just like, I understand why they're there. There are questions that I have. There are questions that I've had since day one of the company that they have not addressed. But at the same time, they have been able to make it through their entering now year five. That's pretty good. They're at least still on TV. They still have a good audience. That's a rabid fan base audience. There are there at times. Yeah, they annoy me, but there are times that WWE fans can be annoying as well. And I'm not trying to insult the, the fan base here and our listeners, because I think a lot of the listeners here are kind of equally are kind of like-minded in the sense of that, you know, they don't want to be the over the top zealous person that's on Twitter uh, or social media, giving wrestlers uh, negative comments and negative feedback because of decisions that they make personally or otherwise or company wise or booking wise. And I think that that's, you know, it's just wrestling is full of tribalism. There's still a portion of people right now that are probably happy that Vince McMahon's coming in and he's going to come in and take over again. Like there are a portion of that of people that are just like, they don't like Triple H's booking. They think Vince knew better. I've been a fan of this enough to know at this point in my life, you have a guy who's pushing 80 years old trying to tell somebody between the ages of 18 to 49 what they should like and what they should accept. And he books on whims. He books on his own sense of humor. He doesn't book in relevancy. He doesn't book in what makes sense. He books in Vince McMahon's mind. And his mind always doesn't work with the rest of the general public or the rest of the quote-unquote universe that he always talks about in comments. And I think that that's... Uh, I mean, as time is going on, I'm getting more... Like, a couple hours ago, if I, if I did this program, I'd probably be turning into a scream fest and me almost crying of just be like, he's literally just going to destroy everything. <laughs> you know? Um, for all I know, they already have... They're, they're going to announce next week that they haven't sold. Like, they could do that. Like, that possibly could happen. We could know Friday morning or Monday morning or Tuesday morning that they're, they're going to be owned by Disney. Or they're going to be owned by Comcast. Um, I think I, I want to see them Disney buy them more so for the reaction of people of just <laughs> how many people are just going to be like, you got to be kidding me. Mickey Mouse now owns World Wrestling Entertainment. Uh-huh. 
Hi, I'm Roman Reigns, and you're watching the Disney Channel. <laughs> I think the best would be Gorsh, Goofy. Or, sorry, Gorsh, Mickey. I'm going to throw your ass off to Hell in a Cell. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not, it's not going to be Hell in a Cell. It's going to be Heck in a Cell. No, that's true. It's going to be Heck in a Cell. They have to Disney it like, you know. And uh, Hell in a Cell is going to be guest refereed by Hades from Hercules. Oh. Like, <laughs> we're just, we're all just going to be we're all just going to be sitting there and it's just going to be one big tie-in after another. WrestleMania is brought to you by the live-action version of Cinderella! Oh. <laughs> Get ready for MIC... Oh God! Cole. <laughs> Michael Cole. Michael Cole will have to be sitting like at wrestling. So from now on, every pay per view, they have to wear the Mickey ears to start the at the introduction. I think that's. I mean, I'm offended they already haven't been personally. <laughs> but I digress. I feel like they should be wearing the goofy hat. You know. Um. I mean, shoot. Start throwing around like Mickey Mouse catchphrases, you know. My nieces, who are both Disney, like hot, love Disney, love them. Like I, I remember taking them when they were very young, when I in like two thousand, the early two thousands, they couldn't get enough of the place. Now, I can't wait to get that text though, that morning, of just of just being like. My God, you're infiltrating my Disney. <laughs> I just want to see Vince McMahon go on the Disney Channel. You're probably wondering why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Some old cast on like WWE Raw. They're just taking over like a Wizards of Waverly Place episode. Is that show even on anymore? I don't know. <laughs> I don't care. He's still going to fire Jeff Jarrett for some reason. <laughs> Just, Jeff, wherever you are, you're gone. I'm an AEW, idiot. How's that Hannah Montana doing? Could she come at Mania? Uh, no, Vince, that was from like 15 years ago. Oh. <laughs> Will she do an appearance? No, she won't! Yeah, shake that ass. Vinny <laughs> Dude, I think about like half the things from the Attitude Era, and I'm just like, how did that air? I'm just like, oh my goodness. Like, how do they deal with guy. Stone Cold Steve Austin's big question? Like, how do you deal with Stone Cold Steve Austin if you're personally, Disney? Interpersonally? Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> could you imagine that there's going to be, uh, just like they did to Star Wars, the WWE Extended Universe, which is like the capital wrestling era, and... The WWWF and the territories and Stampede and ECW and WCW. Oh, oh, oh. how are they going to handle ECW? They can you imagine EC anything ECW wise being on Disney Plus? Come on, I want to lay his name. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I want to watch that straight. Uh, luckily, I have all that stuff. I I bought the the um the unedited footage because you know 
You never know, folks. Physical media is the way to go when it comes to pro wrestling now. Dan because didn't say prepper for WWE exactly. Sale. <laughs> I was preparing for this my whole life. Everybody was saying, "Why are you still buying wrestling DVDs and Blu-rays for moments like this?" Because I know what's coming. <laughs> you just looked at them and hissed. Yeah, and they're like, oh, exactly. Man, get away. He's a creepy wrestling guy. Why are you still buying wrestling DVDs and Blu-rays after the network? It's like, uh, uh, they just took a like 300 Looney Tunes things off Warner Brothers right now. They took a 300 Warner, Looney Tunes cartoons off of HBO Max right now. And you're asking me why I still collect wrestling physical media. Yeah. You're going to see... Uh... The live sex celebration go away pretty quick. Oh God! Which I mean, I don't mind. Well, considering we know what we know about that, yeah. You're gonna you know, see like, Trish Stratus's bark like a dog go away real quick. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna see a lot of Jerry Lawler in the '90s go away real quick. Mm-hmm. Actually, just Jerry Lawler in general. It's just going to be JR and no one else. Yeah, they're just going to mute him. <laughs> by God, hire. King. Yeah, kids just going to say, by God, King. King, that was great. Whatever you just said. <laughs> you know, it's going to be like. King, they're just going to replace him that? with another voice. They're just going to replace him with the voice actor for <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. It's going to be JR <laughs> and Winnie the Pooh doing the broadcast. Uh, maybe Eeyore. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, Jr. <laughs> it's a Tigger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, could you imagine Disney owning the? Uh, keep it up. My insert word here. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. Tell me, he did just say that. Pure <sighs> entertainment value how he didn't get like i i remember watching that and just thinking to myself i'm like he's the freaking chairman of a company that's like <laughs> and he's doing this in 2005 can we talk about that like okay just that short amount of time uh the keep it up tell me he didn't just say that do rag okay so this is, this is a chrono- chronological order. Blown up. Comes back because Chris Benoit literally murders his family. You can't blame him for that. No, no. <laughs> but wow. You thought he was dead. I mean, I, I thought know. he was dead. Like there was a brief moment where I was just like, we're only so many years away from 9-11. Did I just see Vince McMahon go up in flames? And the dirt sheets didn't say anything about it. So I was like, oh, man, this is crazy. Um, that I was impressionable, though, as a kid. I was like, oh, my God. I was old enough to know and just say, you got to be kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they have his like, limo at like, WrestleMania access now. It's yeah. like, come on, come on, come see the uh, limousine that blew up Vince for a well, day. It actually did blow him up. Yeah, <laughs> because Chris Benoit. Literally murdered his family. Oh, I don't God. know how much more I have to say that. You know, it's like, because you were, 
I remember the night vividly. Well, I remember everything. I can remember almost everything from that night. And just eight o'clock on the dot on USA, when you watched them out there, you're just like, oh, this is serious. And, you know, and then right in the middle of the broadcast, too, because that was too when internet was just re- like smartphones were just starting to finally come into play. So, like, literally, you're watching on your phone as news reports are coming out. And you're just like, oh, they're hosting a tribute show right now for somebody that just killed his family. Oh, great. That's This is going to go great in the morning. I mean, can we just, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to make any light of that situation. I'm not making light. No, and I know you're not. Um, But I mean, that was, that was probably one of the darkest days in wrestling history. And I think WWE uh, covered that with tact. Both with the tribute show before they knew the situation fully and the subsequent um, kind of step back from that whole thing I thought that was a masterful kind of switch and just say okay um, this is tough like how do you navigate something so horrific but I think they did great and it does take a strong leader like Vince McMahon to run those type of situations which are just unsightly and um sure we can we can talk about things that are have been covered by other great journalists like dark side of the ring and uh maybe it's jimmy snooker but um i don't think that's our place but i think that vince definitely if you're talking about tragedies Vince is probably one of the greatest people to meander that on a massive platform. Um, look what he did! Look what he yeah. did after nine eleven. He had the first live show. I, I'm sorry, I cut you off. I didn't mean that. No, I was just gonna uh, say that. I've covered it, man. But like the nine eleven, the first live event within a couple of days after nine eleven, they actually held the wrestling show, which you know a lot of people criticized him and said it was too soon, but. It was one of the, they did it again with class and with tact. Um, well, up until Stephanie talked, but I mean, I still felt like that they did it with class and tact, um, you know, and it just took everybody's kind of minds off of that because, you know, right when that was going on, you were still in wall to wall news coverage. No one was covering it. Nothing else was being done. It was just like, it was the coverage and that was it. Like the world stopped. And they once again kind of taking you out of the funk of just like within a couple of days of just saying, we're going, you know, like we're not, we're not afraid. You know, it was, that was another moment where you just sat there and you said, yeah, this is, this is why I love this stuff, you know? And um, he's had a lot of those. He's guided that company through a lot of turmoil. Um the mid nineties, the steroid era, the steroid trial, which, and then of course the Monday night war, which I mean, the amount of times in the nineties, that company was put on the brink of bankruptcy. 94, 
95, 96, 97. You know, it was, it, they had a rough go of it for a couple of years and he somehow steered the ship and took down a massive conglomerate in WCW. That was a conglomerate, heavy backers, Time Warner and AOL. And he took them down. And, um, but, you know, the thing is, is that I think Vince in his mentality doesn't fly anymore in entertainment. It just doesn't. Like, number one, you have to treat talent like talent instead of just like herds of cattle sometimes, which is, I feel like that he has done, especially with those mass layoffs the last couple of years. I mean, at one of the worst possible times for people, uh, you know, at the beginning of COVID, it's just like, I'm going to fire all these people. Why? For what? How much money are we making? Like we we're making more money than we ever have in our entire history right now. And fewer eyes are on the product than they were 20 years ago. But they're making more money now. And it's like he couldn't even keep people together. He couldn't even just say, hey, you know, you gotta, you're, you're safe here with me. It's like right in the midst of it, he's just like, you're fired. What? For what? I think personally, I mean, that was tough. But without without Vince doing that, does AEW get as much talent as they had? And as fast. I think that maybe the collision course for a Tony Storm or an FTR or I guess Andrade. Um, and, you know. Some of these guys coming, Matt Hardy. Um, I know I'm forgetting a lot more. Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly. I mean, they didn't get fired, but they, no, they, they left on their own accord. Yeah, they left on their own accord, but which I don't I blame think, them because they saw the Vince, the direction Vince was taking it. Exactly, and I think that it entirely plays a role into why they they stopped their contract, right? So I think that the collision course for those guys going to AEW was inevitable. Um, you know, I think Adam Cole for Brit, FTR just to get a chance, you know, Matt Hardy to have the renaissance that he saw Sting having, you know, not that it was much more, many more months until he got there. It's only like three. Yeah. Um, or no. Yeah, no, Matt Hardy was there before Sting. Way before. Yeah, Matt Hardy uh, came in. He came in right at the beginning of their pandemic shows at Daly's Place. Yeah. With the greatest um, entrance of all time, the teleporting drone. <laughs> Matt Hardy. You know, I... I, I pandemic you're... wrestling. <laughs> I, I think AEW definitely benefited from a lot of these, uh, the COVID releases, but... I, I th it's just how you teach and and treat your talent that, that bothers me because it's, oh, it's like disgusting. Yeah, because you know I mean, you, the WWE you, wrestlers are just they're, you know they're great people. You know, I mean, let's just be honest. And no, we're not trying to secure a deal here, but there's a lot of great talent there. A lot of it. 
a lot of great talent there. And the problem with having the best of everything is you can't use it all. Right. It's impossible. Um, I don't care how many hours of wrestling they have per week. You're going to inevitably cause someone to just sit there and just rot. Um, and the best thing for them is let them go. Let them go to an AEW. Let them go to a New Japan. Yeah, you're going to be sad that you lost it, but... It was just man, the timing of it. Worst timing ever. Because we didn't know, like, because you, you look at Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor never really recovered. That's why no, they ended up getting sold by Sinclair. What did they do? They kept everybody. They kept everybody. That's what you do. You do the right thing at desperate times. And yeah, you could say, oh, they all got jobs. Yeah, some of them did. Some of them did. Some of them fell on their feet right away. But you still created angst and you still created anxiety for talent that you didn't have to. You could have kept people on mm-hmm. and just said, yeah. And, and I mean, yeah, uh, AEW went through a bit of a, a signing uh, frenzy, getting a lot of that talent. But at the same do? time, they kept everyone employed through the pandemic and mm-hmm. a lot of independent talent. They kept right. independent. I don't think people talk about that enough. AEW, All Elite Wrestling, kept imp- independent wrestling alive yep. through the pandemic. They did. Yes, there were some shows that were running. Yes, but the the major talent, they couldn't, they were sitting on their butts. Right. So AEW gives them paydays. The entire pandemic, which is why you see a show like Dark Elevation and Dark, which at the time was like two hours sometimes. It was like insanely long if not longer and they would have like 25 matches they didn't need to do that these guys were filming until three or four in the morning sometimes right. but you know what it did it kept food on their table uh their families you know homes tony khan i love you like the, dude you you saved so many people from being broke poor desolate and you didn't have to do that but you see like, no, that, that change between him and vince it's because of the fact that tony has empathy tony has empathy because of the fact that he's a younger person he was born in a different generation even his dad probably is in the same boat uh probably just didn't have that because Vince really didn't have a relationship with his old man. Yeah, he bought the company from him, but his dad never wanted him really in the business. He was born in a trailer park down in the down in the Carolinas, for crying out loud, which is why, you know, Cornette always used to tell him, like, you know, he used to tell him, like, oh, you, you hate Southerners, but yet at the same time, you were some redneck from the Carolinas who just ended up transplanting in New York. And, you know, it, it's... The way that Vince has treated people over the years, treated talent, the way he treated Jim Ross, the way that he's treated uh, everybody that he has come into contact with. Who's even going to be at the guy's funeral awake? Is anybody going to really shed a tear when they sell that company for upteen billion of dollars and he gets his cash out? The man is going to make more money than he ever has made in his life 
but he's still got all this money in his bank account, so he's never going to be able to spend in his lifetime anyways. But it that that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with a billionaire now who's going to do everything in his power to make sure that people know that he was the guy behind it. He needed to have his last word, and he feels like that this is his last word, his legacy. I'm going to make so much billions of dollars on this deal. I am going to get my cash out finally. If my kids can't have it, no one can. Is he going to sell to Comcast and Disney? Or is he still going to... Because they hired J.P. Morgan. So my thing is, is that they're serious. They're as serious now as they have ever been about selling the company. With Stephanie McMahon out now, maybe that opens the door even more because now she can just go into the transformation of what she wanted to do. You know, she was going to take a leave. Now it's her, it's her resignation. She's done. So the question is, did she leave because the sale is impending and the McMahon is no longer going to be involved in WWE whatsoever? Unless it's Triple H. Triple H is the only guy that I would carry over as far as an executive in that company. Because if you sell the Comcast, if you sell the Disney, who else is going to run your creative? When you get one of these mount, when are you going to get one of these, um, what do they call it down in, uh, down at Disney, the, the mouseineers or something like that. One of these, they're engineers. We're going to have some mouseineer or some cast member running a company that they never thought that they would own at any time in their history. Disney portfolio has expanded in the last 15 years to include Marvel and Star Wars. Star Wars. Not only that, they have the Simpsons. They have Family Guy. They also have uh, a litany of Fox franchises as well, too, with that deal. I think they still own the Predator franchise and, like, the Alien franchise, if I'm not mistaken, as well. So you think about it. Everything that has built anybody between the ages of 1980 and now, Disney owns it. Everything that you loved, everything like everything from Incredible Hulk. Now we'll be get the ultimate crossover if Disney does get it. Because then they'll own the Incredible Hulk and then WWE owns Hulk Hogan. So we could get Hulk Hogan versus the Incredible Hulk. Do it in an animated movie. Why not? You can get Mark Ruffalo to be the Hulk's voice. You get the Hulk Hogan to be Hulk Hogan's voice. Do it. Why not? It would probably sell. I'd watch a damn thing. It'd be a great animated film, in my opinion. The problem is, is that, you know, I think Marvel would be like, Incredible Hulk's going to go over, and then Hulk's going to be like, that doesn't work for me, brother. So he's not doing a job to the Incredible Hulk. I love this theorizing. I love it because I know that there's a good possibility. 
if if I had to guess who's going to buy it, it's going to be Comcast because it makes the most sense. But on Disney's side, it also makes the most sense because you can now finally build a physical Hall of Fame on the Disney property. Then you can also move all of NXT to Disney. In Disney, it'll be like what WCW was doing in the early 90s to mid-90s where they shot their shows at MGM. I think it's Hollywood Studios now. But get a soundstage, and that's where you have NXT. They could do that. They could move the um, the facilities over to Disney, and that's where training is done. I thought about it, too, where uh, if Disney is not going to want to use the independent contractor method for pro wrestling anymore, so the wrestlers would then be Disney contracted talent meaning their money hopefully would go up and also they would be getting health care and benefits and disney stock options and if that's the case good for them maybe that's what it could lead to maybe did maybe anybody who works for wwe now as a superstar who's 1099 an independent contractor maybe if Disney buys them in six months or whenever it's going to be done, three to six months. And all of a sudden, this time next year, everybody who is under WWE contracts, 1099, are now under Disney contracts where it's guaranteed money. They get stock options. And they get health care. Which, in my opinion, because of the fact that I am a talent-first personality, I am not someone that automatically is going to side with a promoter or a booker. I am more about the talent. And if the talent comes in and is able to get more money and options for the future, for them to have a portfolio at the end of their run, something that was never offered to them when they worked for WWE, never offered health care, now will they get that if Disney buys them? Because that is a distinct possibility of that happening. And it's... I think the benefits would be great for a lot of the talent because, you know, you look at people like Alexa Bliss who um, pretty much, I, I think, her contract, she would want it worked in that Alexa Bliss would have to be a Disney princess. <laughs> If she, if they signed, she'd be like, I have to be a Disney princess if you want me to re-sign this contract. Fine, we'll do it. Um, you know, it could be a distinct possibility that that happens. I hope it happens because I want the talent. Again, I'm trying to be talent first sometimes where it's like, I want them to be able to make more money. I want them to be able to have a portfolio, which is something that not many wrestlers have. They have stock options and they have healthcare, all things I want them to have. Um, yeah, there's question marks, of course, like how is creative going to be handled if it gets bought by Disney? How is creative going to get handled if it gets bought by Comcast? As long as they put the right people in charge of that, which I hope is Paul Levesque, um, that's the key here. 
But again, we're just spitballing because who knows who's going to buy it? We know who the players are. Amazon and Amazon and Netflix can throw their weight into this too. Amazon has enough capital to just say, we're buying you lock, stock and barrel. So my, my mic stand broke as we were doing this. So it hit me. I wasn't mentioning it because I didn't want it. Like (laughs) I didn't want to draw attention to it, but yes, it was kind of jarring when I'm talking and I'm just like, what the hell is he doing? Yeah, no, my, my mic stand decided that it no longer wanted to be part of my desk. <laughs> so, that's a thing. I, I blame Vince. Fairly certain. Yeah, I would. I blame Vince. I, I, uh... <laughs> I blame Vince for your mic stand, too. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I think that this was a casualty of the times. And, um... Nah. But I just think you're making great points. Um, I, That's a first. I mean, you said it. <laughs> kidding, kidding. Because um, it's going to be one. And if it's not one, maybe then it's, you know, not just Disney. Maybe it is Comcast and Disney. You know, um, maybe they do like a Hulu before Disney bought Hulu. You know, when it was all the networks, they all were like, oh, this is going to be great. We're going to own this together. And Disney's like, ha, psych. Yeah. (laughs) I don't see a lot. I mean, I understand the negative connotations that comes with Disney. I understand that. I also see the negative connotations with Comcast too, because this is the same company right now that's they're losing to Greg Gutfeld on late nights now because Jimmy Fallon sucks, and they're mad that they had to give him like eighty million dollars because for like a five year. <laughs> it's like they're mad at that because now it's like they're losing. Greg Gutfeld is on Fox News. Fox News late night show is now beating the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon okay, on the ratings. When, when Greg Gutfeld was doing Red Eye. Yeah. I liked that show. Yeah, Red Eye was good. Because it wasn't very political. No. And he had people on there that were funny. Yeah. like Which, he, like one of my Jimmy Fallon's that funny. Yeah, one of my favorite bands is Electric Six, and he used to have Dick Valentine on there all the time. And I'm like, oh, I like this. Yeah. And then Fox News turned Greg Gutfield into a poet. I don't want to talk about it. No, we don't have cry to every do that. time. But uh, I, we know you're gonna. <laughs> I'm just saying that, like, I'm just going into television ratings and Comcast employs Jimmy Fallon. Um, so it's like they have some. We they have some. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, they have also some crap that they have to pay out to Jimmy Fallon. One of them. Uh, but you know, it, NBC and Comcast too, they can book, they can put SmackDown on Friday nights. Like these are all key factors now for networks of just saying, not only do we get the content for streaming, but we can also plug one of their shows in our networks Yeah, and it's lock, stock and barrel. I mean, you look at CBS cause at one time Viacom and Paramount, whatever I think, I think it's Paramount, but Paramount, I, I think. Oh, do they still own Bellator? Um, yes. 
Okay. Viacom does. Maybe. Because, you know, that, that... I'll fact check myself. Yeah, but I think that they, they owned... Uh, they, they put a lot of their money into uh, Bellator, which is the UFC alternative. Uh, I don't think is It is Paramount Global. Okay. Which so is Viacom. So. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's just under a different umbrella. Um, no, they're the same thing. They rebranded. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so you have a a company that has a streaming service that already owns a combat sports slash sports entertainment company. Uh, so I mean, it can be done, but I don't think also with Paramount that they've really put a lot of too too much effort into Bellator. It's like ah, it supplies us content. Yes, I think they put more effort than you think. And that was something that I wanted to talk about when we were talking about UFC earlier. Mm-hmm. The reason UFC isn't as big is that Bellator is putting a left and a right. Now, the thing is, is Bellator's in the same spot. So right. it, it, it's hard to be like, oh, they're, they're, they're kicking their ass when it's just the MMA as a whole cooled down. Yeah. Um, the thing is, is like you can watch Bellator on Showtime. You know, right. you can watch Bellator on. Um, well, you used to be able to watch it on uh, uh, Spike CBS. TV, but yeah. But I mean, that's the thing. It's like you could. It's much more accessible. You know, it has a lot bigger of a presence. I mean, the 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 what's behind Bellator isn't Dana White. It's not you know Zufa Media. It's not anything like that it's paramount cbs viacom you know those former companies that's a lot of money yeah it's like a too big to fail this is jake hager still with them yeah yeah i did i i, I think he's um I, I think he's undefeated with them still uh-huh. lashley was in strike force i remember that and then they they got bought by uh, UFC. Um, but you know, I mean, it, it's it can be done. I mean, but I I think that you know it's that is the concern that I have is the fact of is that one of these companies is going to come in and they're not going to know what to do. They're just like, well, we're just buying it for the content. So who are you going to have run it? You know, because you can't. It's Kevin oh. Feige. Okay. It's got to be Kevin Feige. He runs Marvel. Now he runs the WWE CU. <laughs> Instead of WWE uh, content universe. Get get ready for your uh, get ready for the for the new world order uh, series. <laughs> That's that's what's gonna be the it's the NWO. The de- NWO no. <laughs> well, I mean, Disney's production these Disney's production is actually better than WWE's, which is because <sighs> WWE's production has always been high, anyways. But Disney's is higher. What can you have though with Marvel characters? Oh Christ! Kevin Dunn. <laughs> 
directing cinematography for Marvel. <laughs> the Royal Rumble every year, five participants have to be random uh, Disney IPs. <laughs> Drawing number five, Buzz Lightyear! To infinity and beyond. Oh. There's a snake in his boot, but here comes Woody. <laughs> it might sound sexual, but it's not. <laughs> Steamboat Willie. Cinderella has won the Royal Rumble and will now challenge Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. Oh, God. Good God almighty, she hit her with a glass slipper. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a bicycle. He got a bicycle. <laughs> oh, here she comes. She's got the pumpkin. She's in the pumpkin. The <laughs> oh, the humanity. Dusty oh, my God. He's using Pinocchio. Pinocchio. <laughs> he's using it. He's in his eye. He's sticking in his eye. Oh, my God. By God almighty. Pinocchio lied. <laughs> he got out of the hole by lying. <laughs> Can't put him in a crossface. <laughs> Pinocchio just lies his way out. <laughs> this is this is insane. Listen to the explosion. Snow White has woken up. Oh Ariel the Little Mermaid is the W is the uh the champion forever because no one can pin her in the water. So she just remains champion for the whole time. It's just people who have drowned following her. <laughs> Ariel the Little Mermaid has been champion now for four years consecutively, <laughs> as every one of her opponents have drowned trying to face her. <laughs> Uh, I feel like I feel, I feel like in this alternate universe that uh, Becky Lynch is just going to be Ariel in the live action remake of Little Mermaid. Please. I mean. <laughs> Control yourself, Daniel. She's got the hair for it. Come on. Oh, yeah, of course. Don't go dirty that way. My God. Really? What, what type of program do you think this is here? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then you'll have... Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, it just, uh, oh God. Would they do Oscars and move on? <laughs> Please tell me that's not where we're going. In <laughs> See, well, hopefully they're not going to go. Shit. Oh, God. Oh, you can't book this any better, pal. Oh, they're doing great with it. Everyone else is just like, Vince, I thought you I thought you sold the company. No, I retained the movie rights. No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Iger just goes over to his office and just starts beating the, beating the hell out of him. Damn it. Damn, Damn it. it, I told you. You're done. <laughs> Not, not anymore, pal. I'm back. 
Let's see, who else? Uh, Vince tries a power play, and now he's the CEO of Disney. He (laughs) overthrows. And now he's not only, like, we thought he was done completely. But now he's the CEO of Disney. Oh, God. (laughs) You just see him throw Mickey Mouse off the top of Titan. (laughs) He just, he throws Mickey Mouse off the top of Epcot Center. (laughs) children are crying and he's just like i control disney it's mine lock stock and barrel all right so let's keep fantasy booking here uh hercules man hercules john cena could it be john cena yep hercules and john cena yep but who plays Hades in that? Would that be... Uh... <sighs> it's going to be someone good. Can't you know, good. actually, as I was talking about this with uh, the wifey. Uh, and she said Ric Flair would make a good Hades. <laughs> we already had it planned out. She said, and she said Scrooge McDuck could be Ted DiBiase. And I was I just like, that works. She knows nothing about wrestling. Yet we were sitting there just going off for just like, all right, so Mickey Mouse. <laughs> what if they just said, uh, I didn't Scrooge Brett. Brett Scrooge. <laughs> you know, you could have, uh, I don't know, the Usos is Chip and Dale, maybe. Oh, God. Chip and Dale. We the ones. What? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, who else could you have? You could have the brawling brutes as the ducktails. Oh yeah, maybe, yeah, the brawling brutes as the ducktails. I don't know at this point. <laughs> uh, who would Roman Reigns be? Roman, maybe. Um... Oh, that's a good one. It's gotta be a prince. A lot. Yeah. No. No, because if, if if Vince is crazy fancy booking this, they're gonna have Ali as Aladdin. You know, and he's gonna be like, "This is a great shit, pal." He's like, "I'm not even Egyptian." <laughs> no, actually, this is what he's like. Finally, I can have Jinder Mahal as Aladdin. <laughs> I have been waiting for this moment for six years, and now I can get it to work. <laughs> gonna have the great Kali be Aladdin the great (laughs) he's he's Indian (laughs) actually I was thinking Mansoor could be uh, Aladdin oh that's true I mean he would he would be he would be kind of cute I mean be a good looking man as Aladdin (laughs) (laughs) he's got the moxie uh, okay, so we, we, we've taken this off the rails. I don't even know if it's going to make the show. This will. Um, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> as long uh, as Disney doesn't sue us for talking about their IPs. Like, This is another thing South Park got right. Yeah. Do you watch South Park regularly? Yes, all the time. Okay. When Mickey's going around trying to off people? Yep. Yeah. The mouse. 
Because it can't be Mickey. He's just the mouse. He's <laughs> got a Glock. That Glock Anderson. I mean, who is Cody? Question. Cody would be Arthur from Sword in the Stone. He could be. Yeah. Or he could I've... be um, uh, uh, John Smith from uh, Pocahontas. I uh, I always put him as, especially when he came back uh, last year, I had coined that. I said, if I was going to pick someone right now that could take the sword out of the stone, being the one to beat Roman, it would be Cody. It has to be Cody. And if it's not Cody, then there's no one. There's no one. But it's unless it's The Rock. But I don't think The Rock should beat him for the title. No, because I think what's if, The Rock going to do? He's just going to turn around the next match and lay his shoulders down. Exactly. So just lose the first time and let's not do a second one. How about that? Like, I don't need to see another John Cena and Rock, like... Once in a lifetime. Ha ha, kidding. <laughs> Thrice in a lifetime, pal. We need this for the New York market for the title. But what about CM Punk? Ah, no, it's Rock and Cena. You know what Punk's going to do? He's going to wrestle The Undertaker. And it's going to suck. They tried. Yeah, he had the match of the night. They did. That sucked. It wasn't the main event. Yeah. No, it wasn't the main event. But it was like, but it was the match. That was also one of the worst manias ever. But it wasn't that's besides the point. That was also the last time I spent $70 on a pay-per-view, too. How fitting. <laughs> the ultimate FU. Yeah. Because, you know, the, the, the shows now are more palatable. Like if I if I paid money for the, the let's say if I paid money for Hell in a Cell 2019, oh. <laughs> <laughs> we only paid ten dollars for that though, so it's that like is. I'm not I'm mad, but I'm not ten dollars. I'm gonna cancel. I'm gonna give this up for ten bucks a month, mad. I'm not that. I low mean, yet. Wrestle Twitter was. Oh well, yeah, you know. But they always they're mad about everything. They they cancel the network. They want to cancel WWE. If <laughs> they probably want to cancel WWE when Ryback got released, who knows? It's probably a good portion of them, anyways. I mean, there's always going to be a crowd that's like cancel WWE. What they do this time? I don't know. It's a Wednesday. Jesus. so much kind of like it's just it's weird because it's like we're the hope is now drained from us because we just have that sense of just like uh this is this is all the bottom's gonna drop out i just don't know when we'll know at the royal rumble we'll know how the royal rumble is booked of who's really pulling the strings but is that the swan song for who for 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 Hunter, Does, do you think he gets through WrestleMania? Yes. Well, I don't know. Do I don't even know if he gets through... out through the month. Oh. <laughs> be honest. But he's a lifer. You thought it depends. 
it depends how serious is he is about selling. Because if he if he's selling, then I think Triple H is safe. If he's just doing this so that way he can have absolute control and not do anything and just get rid of Triple H, then I think Triple H what leaves because he's just going to be like, there's nothing more I can do here, and I'm not going to restart this. Like, Vince already took his power once before. Is he going to be ready for that again? Do you think he just debuts in AEW with Triple H? H H H. I feel so bad for Regal. Oh my god! Oh, I feel so bad for Regal. It's like, well, I just got my new job and my new office, and three days later, shit. <laughs> there goes the planet. I I love that tweet by TK, and he's like, huh? Suddenly everyone's been really nice to me. Well, that was clever. I'll give him that. It was very clever. Well, I mean, you know, you had FTR. You had a rumor to go there. You had, and, well, Andrade is not rumored. I mean, it's like ripping the door off its hinges and absolutely forcing its way back there. Well, I've it... never seen someone who's so angry at being happy. The funny, the funny part with him was is that I thought Charlotte a year ago was going to be out of WWE. I even said it. I said, I don't know if she's going to be even in the company by the end of 2022. Cause it's just like, I thought she was going to go join Andrade in WWE. Now it's the other way around because I saw Charlotte. She's now a bit like, and then that video has been making the rounds of her with the fans, which that was very unlike Charlotte of her, like going out and greeting kids and signing autographs and taking pictures. I'm like, that she's never done that before so i don't know if she had a change of heart or what because it's just like did you see that video uh make its way around this weekend yeah i did yeah and did, do you feel kind of the same way i do of kind of was just like that was kind of shocking coming from charlotte well i mean <clears throat> I think, let's just be honest, maybe she's trying to repair her reputation. Maybe she's realizing I don't know, that uh, she's not very good. Um, and, and I don't just mean that as a person but i mean just she makes really interesting decisions yes that um i think very publicly becky's said you know like we're not friends anymore and they used to be very tight yeah it's true um okay so let's let's bring this um Let's bring this to a close here. <clears throat> Six months from now, when people listen to this episode, let's make some predictions. See if we were ever close, maybe during like the end of your podcast. Um, where do we see WWE in six months from now? Let's start there. 
I think we'll have a buyer within probably two to three months. Um, you'll probably know. You might not. You might know WrestleMania weekend who the buyer is going to be. Um, I think. I think Vince knows enough that if he comes in and takes over creative. He might not have a he might have a mutiny. I think he knows enough. Does he care? Probably not. But I think he knows that if he goes in there, that the locker room pretty much could just be like, "We're not, we're not going." None of us. If I'm a woman, I wouldn't want to deal with him. Any woman talent, I would not want to deal with Vince McMahon right now at all, and the males too. Because like, why? It's like, you know, he doesn't care. He's proven that. He He's all about himself. He's all about all that stuff. So I think in six months, prognosticating, I think creatively they stay the course. I think Triple H will still be in power in six months. I think they will have a new owner. I think Vince will be. I think Vince. I think he's going to stay just and try to get the sale done and get the media rights deal. And then he's done. So I think in six months. Triple H is gone. I think his swan song is WrestleMania. If he makes it that far. Right. Uh, I think he does a final thank you to the fans. Has Cody become champion? Gives him the world. And at that point, I think that the regime changes. It probably goes back to Vince or somebody else because I think the sale is right around the corner. Uh, Maybe it's 12 months out. Because a company this big does take a lot of effort, you know, and litigation and things like that to get the, you know, approved by the shareholders and the board. And the thing is, though, with the board, Vince just says yes. And right. it's done. Um, but alternatively, what does Vince McMahon look like in this whole process? Does the other lawsuits start again do they you know where 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 is this process that we left it at when he left and they said okay you stay away and everything else will go away it'll be forgotten about but he doesn't care no because i hate to break it to you fans if you're rich enough you kind of get to do what you want. Right. Um, and someone tell me I'm wrong. I would love to hear it. And um, so I think six months, it, it, it's a different company as we know it. I think you see a lot of talent who maybe be, maybe we're on the fence about 
retiring or going somewhere else, I think you see them leave. I think you see a Roman Reigns take his job to opportunity to Hollywood. I think you see somebody like, I don't know, does Sami Zayn lead the Impact Revolution? I don't know. But I see a company like Impact Wrestling profiting from this. Right. I see them getting uh, something, hopefully. But I see AEW winning. I see them winning every single point of this. As long as it doesn't impact their media rights deals, all it does is give them leverage with Warner Brother Discovery or Warner Media Discovery for their next contract next year where they can say we've done this against them and you're they're paying them this you will pay us this and i think they get that big seat at the table where they can put an offer to them and say keep us or don't but this is what we're worth and i don't see it for less than 600 million for aew is it a billion dollars? No. No, and I don't think they're going to get Fox money. I don't think they're going to get USA money. But I think they're going to get something hand a lot more than 100 and some odd million. Um, and on top of that, if you think about AEW's numbers right now and everyone's reporting that they're going down, ticket prices are going up. So they're, they're counteracting the fact that not as many people are coming through the turnstile by making more money it's wild um AEW had what like four gates last year that were a million or more not even counting merch sales and all that no other company besides WCW could talk about that if we're talking gates though Wrestlemania which is not even taking place yet 17 mil their gate has broken all records previously yeah. They haven't even had the show yet. No, and they haven't even announced a card, not one match, and it's already broken records. But but here's the difference, okay? We're comparing WrestleMania to oranges, okay? Literally oranges. No, I'm not trying to compare them. I'm just saying that if we're talking up gates. Well, yeah, I'm not... I mean we could also talk about Bill too. Um mm-hmm. But the thing is with WrestleMania, which I think that, that statistic is bonkers mm-hmm. i was talking to someone the other day and i'm like 17 million and they haven't even Excuse not one me? match that's not talking merch sales that's not talking concessions it's talking nothing before they even get in the door nothing minimum 40 million for that show yeah. minimum because you're gonna have eighty thousand fans there Ninety thousand fans. Yep. They all spend twenty bucks. What's what's that calculation? You got to be better than math than I am. Uh, what's that? Eighty thousand. Just do it times twenty. Let's just say they all spend twenty bucks. So that's like one point six million. Yeah. And that's only if they spend twenty dollars. I would say maybe the average fan spends a hundred at WrestleMania. Average. So then it's like eight million. Yeah. You know, so maybe it's under 40, but still, you're looking at over 20 fucking million dollars for one show. But, oh, never mind. 
that is for one night and WrestleMania is two nights, right? Mm-hmm. So you have 80,000, let's say 8.6 million times two, 17.2 million. Mm-hmm. Now you're in like the $35 million range. Yep. And that's only if they spend $100. Yep. Some people are going to spend thousands of dollars. We're not talking about, we're not talking about either the peacock rights. We're not talking about you, your ad revenue. Nope. This is before. This is this is all this is before. Just and concessions. I know. And tickets. And the superstore they're gonna like they're gonna own. A, I'm sure a giant store in Los Angeles. Like there's gonna be a like a superstore with every single piece of paraphernalia you can find. They're gonna have access, which is gonna be even more money. They're gonna bring in the gate. Could you imagine? I mean, and also the in, you know not just that but all the indie scene all yeah. the indie shows are going to go on that week because the the gate they're going to get from that those are big gates for a lot of those indie promoters it's the biggest show of the year yeah I mean for a lot of those indie shows like GCW Joey Danella's Spring Break all those live uh, podcast broadcasts yeah, all the are live doing. podcasts <laughs> which we got to talk about maybe Philly. <laughs> I mean, but we could we could go on forever. Let's wrap this up. Dan, what do you want to say last year? Any last predictions? I have hope that Triple H is going to be the guy for the foreseeable future. But I also agree with your sentiments of that's a possibility that could happen. We don't know. We don't know what three what a month is going to look like, let alone six. We don't even who would have thought about this last month. I know. We all kind of knew though that Vince was going to make one more play. But that's we what all, evil supervillains do. He's Mr. Burns. He is Mr. Burns. Kevin Dunn is Smithers, but this is <laughs> he is Mr. Burns. <laughs> Bucktooth Smithers. Let me tell you something, you buck tooth. Yes. <laughs> Somewhere right now, Cornette's like, Brian, we need to have a podcast right now. Brian. <laughs> Brian. <laughs> he awakens Brian from his slumber in the, the, the chamber. <laughs> the cult of Cornette chamber. The cult of Cornette chamber. It's just nothing but Jim Cornette saying, Wendy's double bacon, J- Dave's junior double. <laughs> and a Sprite. And a Sprite. <laughs> Brian. Oh, my God. Could you just imagine? Can you, you know what you know would be hilarious, though? Disney's just like, we don't want anything to do with the McMahon family. So they get rid of Vince and they get rid of Triple H. Huh? And wait, hear me out. So they get rid of Triple H and they get rid of Vince, right? And they're like, who do we get to run this thing? Somebody has Cornette's number and calls Cornette to run WWE for Disney. Just the, the, I want to be on the end of that phone call just so I can hear him just be like, no! <laughs> Hang up. No, it's like this, all right? You're going to see someone walk out in the Emperor's cloak, right? Palpatine, he's, you know, walking head down. 
and then he's gonna walk up you know to the ring he's gonna get in the ring and it's gonna be like the higher power reveal again oh god he's gonna hand him a mic he's gonna put it up to the the hood and he's gonna hear I'm back bro no (laughs) (laughs) flips the hood it's goddamn Vince Russo (laughs) no Well, actually, I think that's the only way you get Cornette to come back and run WWE is if you're like, well, we're going to call Cor- we're going to call Russo next. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute now. How much Sprite do I get? Wait, we, we could figure this out. All right. I'll can I can I do I have to trouble the Orlando? Can I do this from Louisville? <laughs> <laughs> Why from the cult of Cornette? It's WWE Raw. He's just booking everything. He's just like, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> and then and then Matt Jackson, he's not even in the company. <laughs> get balding buck. He's not even in the company either. And Kenny Olivier. He's not in the company. Uh did did you see Kenny and uh Will Ospreay though? Oh my god. Oh my god, I stayed up. Uh, that was a masterpiece. I signed up for NJPW World. Uh, <laughs> I was one of the 40,000. And uh, I stayed up all the way through Mer- uh, Mercedes debuted before Anderson. Yeah. Okay. So I watched Anderson Tama. And then I went to bed because it was like four in the morning. And uh, I woke up and I'm like, Oh shoot, the Kenny match. Let me see how that went. And everyone's like, "This is the best match ever." And I'm like, "Why do I have to work in the morning for these type of things?" You know. I know. Uh, it was a masterpiece. I, I, it was a masterpiece. A masterpiece. Um, that's that's why I've always said that, like Kenny and like, I almost want Kenny at some point to go to WWE only because of the fact that people would be like well why do you want that because i want kenny at least to kind of get the recognition of the top company to you know like he deserves i feel like to have his face on like towels and like the merchandising i think that you know these these guys get which you know because i'm yeah the merch money you know t-shirts all that stuff merchandising don't get me wrong pro wrestling tees is great but i mean i I think kenny would be like wow i'm fanatics with like (laughs) omega the (laughs) flamethrower may the schwartz be with you (laughs) merchandising WrestleMania 2, the search for more money. (laughs) (laughs) They give Mean Gene his yogurt. (laughs) Well, he pretty much was because he he was a Toys R Us back of the just that walking. God, I just watching those those uh, superstars and challenge shows. 
you just have me. Hi, I'm me, Gene Oakland, and I'm from your local Toys R Us. And it's just like this massive section where all you see is Hasbro figures and the Tonka, uh, the Tonka wrestling buddies. I mean, that was a wonderful time to be a child. Peak, peak merchandising back then. Plus, if you bought merchandise, they would give you like a free eight by 10 pack. So you get like you get like the Hulk Hogan, the Warrior, the 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 Road Warriors, like these free eight by tens come along with your purchase. The good old cut that just they were a machine back then. They still are. I mean, my God, they, they got toasters that put an imprint of WWE's logo on your toast. I mean, come on, we're at that level, folks. Waffle makers make your own WWE championship for waffles. <laughs> I just want the WWE uh, toaster that just has Roman Reigns as ooh <laughs> <laughs> Just comes out of the toaster. Ooh-ah. <laughs> oh waffles are done. <laughs> it jacks a waffle at you and spears you. Yeah, you try to take an ego. Uh, actually, that should be is the uh, the ego waffle baker. Like, yeah. it, like you're making the ego waffles, You've and then he just punches you in the face with the Superman punch. <laughs> you better you let go of my ego. Ah, you gotta make the egos look strong. <laughs> you're gonna win, but remember, make them look strong. Ah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, how does Disney handle Hulk Hogan's history? That's a big question. How does Disney handle Eugene? That, oh, geez. <laughs> I think I, he'd get the song, the songs of the South treatment. We're just going to bury it. It doesn't exist. How does Disney handle Big Daddy V? <laughs> <laughs> Val Venus. Oh. The Godfather. 90% of what DX did. Yes. <laughs> um Yeah. What what about uh Oh, who what else could they get rid of in WWE's illustrious history? Katie Vick. Uh, Yes. Katie what Vick. What about uh, uh, Big Show's father's funeral? Oh, leave that in. <laughs> that that was that was some of the most comedic stuff that they've ever done. <laughs> like that, like I, they. Number one, the the Big Show having to face uh, Big Bossman as his first championship opponent. That really should tell you where the talent level was at at that point. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> they did make it was pretty humorous. He's at the funeral and he's towing it with the, the damn. <laughs> it was the Bluesmobile's car. <laughs> it was the Bluesmobile, like for Blues Brothers. It was the same car with the the megaphone on top of it, and he's just dragging this coffin like this. Is His dog. Oh, Pepper! That incident, <laughs> the kennel from hell match. Ugh. <laughs> Um, Tim White. Oh, Mr. White, that's not that. No, don't do that, Mr. White. Oh God. 
Um, what about uh, Kane electrifying Shane McMahon's testicles? They might whitewash everything that McMahon involved. So it's like, yes, like at that point, they're just like, ah, we're getting rid of everything. <laughs> just anytime Vince goes on the screen, the screen, he walks out, and then the next scene is him walking back up the ramp. <laughs> <laughs> just two jump cuts, him walking out from behind, and him walking back. Royal Rumble '99 doesn't exist. Survivor Series, uh, St. Valentine's Day Massacre in 99 doesn't exist. Nope. The only thing that exists is him tearing his quads at the Royal Rumble. That's it. That's the only thing they That's leave. That's the only thing. <laughs> That's his lasting legacy. Like, <laughs> old man sitting in the ring. <laughs> that would suck. Vince McMahon dies.